You're on The Burt Show. What does equal look like in your marriage? I know this wasn't the intent of the reel on Instagram, but when I watched it, man, she made me feel like a slacker. (laughs) (laughs) And like I was failing big time when it came to like uh, an equal sharing of responsibilities in my relationship with my husband. Interesting. Okay. So her name is Abby Eckel. She posted this um, reel of what equal looks like in her marriage. Now, she goes on to say that does not mean it's what equal should, could, or would look like in someone else's. So just because this is what works for them isn't necessarily what's going to work for me, you, whomever. But listening to it, I know there are, uh, and speaking in generalizations, there's a lot of women out there who feel they handle a majority of the mental load, the emotional load, especially when it comes to being married with kids, right? And that they would, they seek having an equal partner. And I'm sure we're salivating at this video and this reel listening to her and what her husband does for her, the kids and their family. I have an equal partner. I don't have to make him a list. I have an equal partner. I don't have to ask him to help with things around the house. I have an equal partner. He knows how to shop at the grocery store without pictures. I have an equal partner. He doesn't expect me to handle everything alone. I have an equal partner. He plans date nights without me having to beg for it. I have an equal partner. He does his own laundry. I have an equal partner. He makes his own appointments. I have an equal partner. My stocking has never been empty. I have an equal partner. He makes the kids lunches in the morning. I have an equal partner. He makes and takes their son to his therapy appointments. I have an equal partner. He doesn't believe that just because he goes to work, he shouldn't have to do anything when he gets home. I have an equal partner. He takes genuine interest in me and my interests. I have an equal partner. He knows how to fold towels. I have an equal partner. He takes our kids to bed and knows their teacher's names. I have an equal partner. He doesn't make me feel bad if I'm not in the mood. I have an equal partner. He acknowledges and appreciates what I do and tells me that often. I have an equal partner. He does basic adult tasks without being asked. Does he have an equal partner? <laughs> that's, that's the question. That's my question. A couple uh, people asked that in the comments. <laughs> like, so what do you do? Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of things that I think people don't even factor in, especially when it comes to that mental load as far as like making appointments and, you know, the the stuff that adds up that you don't give a lot of weight to. But when you add it all together, mm-hmm. it can be very overwhelming. So I'm like, I was listening to that and I do catch myself like when I, you know, get home from the show and you say this all the time, like our job, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's not, it's not hard. It's taxing. Exactly. Yep. So you just want to be able to come home and like shut off your brain for a second. But you know, I, I leave straight from here. I go to carpool. I pick up Jimmy. I go home like, you know, and then we, you know, we do lunch and I'm not going to lie. We, we have screen time. <laughs> we watch some, you know, dino ranchers, but I do catch myself throughout the day, like really leaning on my husband, Bart, because I'm just, I'm just tired. Yeah. I think you guys completely have an equal partnership. I don't know. I, know we, I, I think he might. I, I would love uh, to get him on the air <laughs> and ask him if he thinks that's the case, because I don't think we do. Did you show him the video? Not yet. Oh, okay. I wonder what his reaction would be to it. Yeah. And and so, like, and I know right now I can, like, sit here and close my eyes. There's a million things I need to do. And granted, there's a little grace. We were just gone for five days on our, you know, first big adventure trip. And so, but I mean, there's... My, my shoes are by the door and by the couch and I need to put, you know, my clothing is sitting on the, on the um, ironing board. It needs to get put away. And that stuff that adds, like what she's talking about, adds onto her plate and makes her life more difficult. And I'm like, 
I'm I'm pretty sure I make my husband's life more difficult. I know we don't like to use the word roles in relationship because it just feels I don't know clinical maybe, um, but because you've been the breadwinner for so long <coughs> that I think that has pri- primarily been your role and Bart has been taking care of the house, mm-hmm. right? It will be an interesting transition for you guys here in the near future, though, as you say that Bart is starting to get back into like real estate and stuff, right? Correct, yes. So how that is going to have to balance out now also because this is time that he normally would be hanging with Jimmy. So that means that's going to be more time you're hanging with Jimmy or have you guys negotiate that? Yes. So, I mean, we make a point before at the beginning of every week, we sit down and go through schedules. So, like, he has appointments with contractors and, you know, we've this condo, we have a condo from hell right now. And so we're, we're dealing with a lot of stuff. <clears throat> so we have to coordinate our schedules. So that does mean I am spending like, you know, more time watching Jimmy than I had before, which is, I mean, which is totally fine. Um, I mean, I, I am his mother after all. <laughs> yeah, you ought to hang with him from time I, I to time. I kind of signed up for this, I, I you know. Cool. Paid a lot of money for him too, so I might as well get my money's worth and hang out with him, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm like... Maybe we need more help. (laughs) You're on The Burt Show. All right, let's get uh, Jeanette back on here. It's been a couple of days since we talked to her. Uh, Everything she thought was going okay in her marriage until Valentine's Day. Then all the strangeness started. Uh, And she wanted to test uh, her man to see if he was messing around or not with our War of the Roses to catch a cheater. Hey, Jeanette, good morning. Good morning, you guys. Thank you so much for helping me out with this. All right. For those that didn't hear the first time you were on with us, why don't you give us sort of the recap on why we're here now? Of course. So basically I've been married for about five years, and it's definitely been a little bit rocky. Um, Things were really, really good between us until we got married, but ever since We had our wedding and everything, like, we just, it feels like I've been fighting for the marriage every day since. Um, It just hasn't been easy, and I get this sense that he's not really happy, and it feels almost like he doesn't love me um, sometimes, but I'm not really the person to just give up, so I've been trying to be the best wife I can be to him, Um, and, like, sometimes... He is trying, but other times it just feels like he doesn't care. Um, And I've also been really wanting to start having kids, but I've been kind of waiting for things to improve between us um, until, you know, bringing that up. So things recently may have just gotten a lot worse because on Valentine, he told me he had to work late. Um, And it seems odd because that's not really like a pattern, Um, but he was very apologetic, so of course I trusted him. Um, So instead of having dinner plans, since he was working late, I was making something really special at home for us and wanted to make it a really special night. So of course I was disappointed that he was working late, Um, but he did end up coming home with flowers, so... um, It was kind of like, okay, you know, he was still thinking about us, but 
The other day, I was doing his laundry, and in one of the pockets of the pants I was watching, there was a credit card receipt from a really nice restaurant, and the date was for February 14th, which was the night he was supposedly working late. And I literally am devastated. I haven't confronted him about it yet. So I really just wanted your guys' help to do more of the roses. Okay, the stage has been set here. Uh, We've got results for you. Abby has them. All right, so he could choose from the following bouquets. The first was Sunshiny Day, a mix of sunflowers, orange roses, pink and yellow daisies, and lush greenery. The perfect bouquet to brighten any day. The second was Sweet Dreams, a surprising bouquet of all her favorite king-sized candy treats. Perfect for anyone with a sweet tooth. The third was Pretty in Pink, an assortment of light roses, hydrangeas, and carnations. The perfect arrangement for that girly girl. And the Fourth is pure passion. Two dozen long stem roses, perfect for your one and only true love. The email was sent at 9.46 a.m. And then they sent another one at 12.42 p.m. And then he responded at 1.28 p.m. And he chose the fourth option. He chose pure passion. Two dozen long stem roses, perfect for your one and only true love. And he is sending this to somebody named Gretchen, which is not your real name. He said it for Thursday morning. The delivery address was for his office. And the note on the card said, just for you and just because dot, dot, dot. His name there, winky face. All right. So now we got problems. Do you know um, somebody he works with that's named Gretchen? I actually don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is kind of, I'm honestly not surprised, though, to yeah. hear this. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, especially when, you know, the roses were the pure passion ones. Um, yeah, we, we yeah, this, this, gonna, this is a game changer. Yeah, I mean, the receipt from Valentine's Day, I mean, that was definitely proof enough. Um, but this is, this is, this is the nail in his infidelity coffin for sure. So clearly this is jarring. Um, So what to do with this info now? So do you go back to him? Do you say, um, look, I know for sure you were seeing somebody in the office. I'm not going to tell you how I know, but we need to talk about it. I would just, I would sit him down and be like, who's Gretchen? And why are you sending her flowers? Man, you don't owe him how you got the information, but you certainly deserve some answers. And have the receipt with you too from Valentine's Day. You're totally right. I mean, that's exactly how I'm going to go about it. And I think he'll be shocked I even know who Gretchen is or have heard of her. Yep. And don't let him talk you out of it. You have the proof here. Don't let him gaslight you. You know exactly what's going on, okay? Don't let him deflect and be like, how do you know? What did you know? This is this is not about what you did. This is about what he did. Yeah, don't let him pull the old, well, if you're not going to trust me, hmm. then this is more of a you problem. Okay, so... You know what you know now, and now you can take some action, okay? Uh, exactly. Um, thank you guys so much. Oh, don't thank us. Please really don't thank I hate when you guys thank us for this. Uh, but, but please keep in touch with us and let us know how it goes, okay? We will. Um, thank you. All right, Jeanette. You're on The Burt Show. 
Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. It's a bad idea to leak any artist music, but Ariana Grande says she'll come for you if she can catch you. So an unreleased song from Ariana Grande got leaked onto TikTok. It's called Fantasize. And she said says it's a song that she wrote for a TV show, but she says, since you leaked it, I'll see you in jail, literally. Before I left for Wicked, the few studio sessions that I did, which are all over TikTok, thank you so much. I'll see so- you in jail, literally. The thing is, is that those were all written for a TV show for uh, something that was not for me. So Fantasize comes out, comes out crazy, was stolen. Thieves, pirates, crooks, <laughs> illegal. And she said, you know, it's such a bop that her fans were begging for it. She ended up redoing it and putting it on her new album, Eternal Sunshine. It's okay. I, I, I took the note and I kind of gave them Ariana's version of that on the album. So some of those seedling ideas from that time actually made their way onto the album, which is really exciting. But they, they're completely different now. So although you've, you've heard them because you stole them again, um, they're very different now. So that's exciting. I believe nothing in entertainment. Nothing is real. So I don't believe in leaks. I think it's somebody in her camp that does that. Or it's somebody in her camp that does it without her knowledge even. So she thinks it's a, le- a leak. But the fact that this one was leaked and then ended up the clean version, a better version on her current album, which wasn't supposed to be there, makes me feel like whoever made that decision without Ariana Grande's permission made the right call. Well, a lot of people are theorizing that it was supposed to be for a popular show like uh, The Weeknd's The Idol that did horribly. And maybe for some reason she, you know, gave them the song, like, how do you feel about this? You know, maybe give it to Lily Rose Depp to sing and then ended up pulling the song back when she found out that the song, the show was absolutely horrible. So there's a theory going around that some Somebody in her camp leaked it because they were upset that this song, which is such a banger, mm-hmm. didn't get to go out into the world and make uh, the show better than what it ended up being. But then we get into the juicy stuff because this is all during an interview with a guy named Zach Sang, who does a lot of celebrity interviews. And he asked her about the scrutiny that she's been getting with this new relationship she's been having with her Wicked co-star. So to back up a little bit, if for some reason you haven't heard about this scandal, she started dating her Wicked co-star while she was married. He was married and had just welcomed a child into the world. And, of course, it was this big scandal. And she's saying people are just believing what they want to believe. There is a sense of this album where you're talking to people who have come to their own conclusion. People have crafted their own narratives. Yeah. The thing is, is that, like, we know this about the tabloids and about the media and about, am I crazy? Don't we know this? Yeah, but nobody nobody cares for the sake of a good story or for right. for curing one's boredom on the internet. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's like we selectively remember that this is what the tabloids do to people, especially women, based on whether or not we like the person. We selectively remember that. We selectively leave space for humanness, for nuance. Like they don't leave space for that. Well, they do for their friends and their family. It's selective. Yeah, but but when but when they turn it off when that aligns with the version of a person that they have in their head that they want to believe is true. Does that make sense? 100%. But I don't say this for them. Again, I'm saying it for my fans, for myself. I think she's 100% completely right about about that. I think it's hard 
when we only have very specific facts that I don't think people are filling in the blanks. I think people just see two married people that got together while they were married and we don't really know what the details are. I mean, we're hearing what she's, how she's justifying it, saying, well, our marriage was over before then. But, you know, if I don't know you, I don't really know that for sure. So how am I supposed to believe you? Yeah, I, I agree with everything she's saying. She's completely accurate. I also think two things can be true at the same time because doesn't she have... A pattern as far as the people she's dated. She has a pattern. It looks like every person that she's ever dated, they were dating with some, they were dating somebody uh, while she was with them. So I, a lot of people in that comment section specifically were kind of giving her a hard time and for good reason. Like if, the, if that's all factual and that's all true, mm-hmm. then you're showing us a pattern of behavior. But I also, it also makes me excited for the album because I think that's one of the reasons why people really get into music is it's a chance for the artist to express what's really going on in their lives in a way that makes sense to us in a way that makes sense to them. So I'm personally going to be really interested to see how she ends up fully explaining this. Like I'm hoping she drops a couple of truth bombs, but uh, we'll see. It doesn't come out for another couple of weeks. I would love to know how she explains it, but the problem is when I listen to her songs, I can't understand I anything know. she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> so even if she does explain it, I'm still not going to get it. Yeah, and she does have a song called Break Up With Your Boyfriend on Board, so, um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's going to make us feel any better, but I'm excited. She has some of my favorite music. All right, she didn't like a rule her mom set, so she dug up something from her past to make a point. I'll tell you what, Drew Barry Moore's daughter is up to on your next e-buzz on the Burt Show. You're on the Burt Show. There was a lot of money on the line, so Abby, I'm going to ask you, in all honesty, the honor system, which generally we don't pay a lot of attention to in the radio industry, the honor system here, have you completed your month of boy-man sobriety? I have not paid a man a single piece of attention. Okay. In over 30 days. I owe, I, think thousand, we're pa- I owe you a thousand bucks. <gasps> you do. Yep. That's you. Congratulations. I owe you a thousand bucks. I made the challenge to her. Uh, both Mo and I had the same philosophy that if she just ignored dudes, took them off of the mental to-do list, right? Just not to do. But don't. We do need to don't list, don't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of men on my to don't list. That whatever the universe does, like when you don't want something, it brings it into the world for you. So we said go 30 days. Man off the table. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you're capable of doing it, which I really didn't think she was. Uh, but you did it. Honestly, easiest thousand dollars I've ever made. <laughs> it is when you really put your mind to it. It is so easy to ignore men. Honestly, prefer it that way now. There's honestly been kind of a weird adverse reaction. Like I know you kind of did this with the intention of like, oh, if you just put the energy out there that you don't really care about men, they'll come to you. But honestly, it's just put me into this hole of like the thought of getting into a relationship now actually sounds horrible. And <laughs> And I think I might just, I might be turning this 30 days into 365 days of boy sobriety. All right. So Bert issued this challenge mm-hmm. and Mo as well, because they were like, all right, let's dial back the desperation here. And if you have this air <laughs> of DGAF, the men will come flocking. Was there, did their theory work? No. Yeah. Not a single man came to me. Oops. Well, well we... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to point out, like, she accomplished this task, uh-huh. but you're all, yeah. like, this did not, this was not successful for this her. This is the beginning step of it. Like, you got to stay in that in that mode, and then the men will come. The universe wanted to see her get through the, the initial yeah. test, mm. and now the men are going to rein in. We were trying to recircuit you a little yes. bit here. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but... 
You have have you ever been in any kind of relationship whatsoever? Not in a serious one. Never. No. Yeah. So I mean, like at this point, I think a lot of the desperation that you guys were feeling is, <laughs> or that I was feeling maybe, is that I'm going to be 27 in two months, and society wise, that's a very old age to have never been in a serious relationship. So I think there was a part of me that was kind of overcorrecting of like, well, I'm 26, like I, sh- I should have found somebody by this mm-hmm. point. So I got I, I almost felt like a dead. Line. So I I don't uh, let's just get into Abby stuff now. All right, let's Wait, let's no. have a nice therapy session. Oh, God. Hang out, Jackson. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> while I don't think it is odd that um you haven't been in a long term relationship, have you questioned being in any relationship for longer than like a week? Well, I mean, I've been in relationships longer than a week. I mean, I think the longest time I entertained a dude was like four months, but that's not long. I mean, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I'm very cut and dry. Like I just really don't have time for BS and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of the the type of person that's all in or I'm all out. And so for me, if there's any inkling of like this, I'm not going to date this dude for longer than six months. I kind of start to check out. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I haven't been anything serious because if if my heart's not all in it, then I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time. It's like, what's really, the point? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. I, I am really curious if you do now the things that I've done most of my life. And now I realize that this is a lot of therapy coming out, man. I've spent a lot of time with a therapist. But realizing, like, when I was dating people, I was constantly looking for red flags to not truly be intimate with that person. Like I could be in relationships, sure, mm-hmm. but I was always felt like I was a little judgy about things. And then when I saw them, I would make them bigger than they are just so I could have the comfort of knowing that, well, at least I'm, this isn't going to last forever. So you were self-sabotaging it to mm-hmm. feel in control? No, like genuinely, I think if I lined up the guy, the last like 10 guys that I'd been out with or had entertained longer than a week, I don't think you guys would question my judgment. I think you <laughs> would be like, oh, well, maybe what was wrong with, I, I think just sometimes like you just don't either don't have the right chemistry or uh, the guys that I'm into, maybe I get a little too excited about the relationship and then that turns them off. I just think it's kind of been the perfect storm of not finding the right people. Mm-hmm. I think it's commendable. I mean, the way I see it, like I've, I feel like I'm most people date and then if they learn that the person that they're dating may not be their quote unquote person, they'll stay in it and they'll just, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll waste time in it. And you have this, this mentality of, I don't want to, be with somebody I can live with. I want to be with somebody I can't live without, right? Mm. And, and, if, and if I don't get that from it, then why continue wasting time? And until you find that, you just, you don't want to settle. That's the way I see it. And I, I personally think that's a commendable way of dating. Thank you. I'm glad somebody in this room feels that way, <laughs> other you. than me. Um, Vanessa, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi, Abby. Um, I also was never in a long-term, like, what my friends considered a long-term relationship. I usually date a guy's anywhere between four to six months. My longest relationship prior to my husband was 10 months. And I really was only in that relationship for so long because at one point I told my friend, uh, I think I'm really over this guy. I think I'm going to break up with him. And she said, oh, has it been six months already? <laughs> I stayed in it longer just to prove her wrong, yeah. <laughs> which was a mistake. <laughs> but I was like you, like, if I, you just know there's a point in time where you know, like, this is going to work or this isn't going to work, and why waste my time? Because life is precious and time is short, you yeah, know? For, for sure. And now, and then when I found my husband, I really didn't even think we were going to 
be together and I got to that point where I realized I couldn't be without him and we've been together now for 13 years. Wow. Um, and, you know, so it, it's, and sometimes it's weird where I'm like, this is kind of insane, but I'm so glad that I did. And I really just focused on myself and not worried about, you know, I, I, I dated and I definitely had fun, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't put that pressure on myself to like find somebody. And then that's when he came into my life. Mm-hmm. See, I think it's great that you're mm-hmm. discerning and you know what you want and what you like and more importantly, what you don't want. Um, I think as long as you don't conflate discerning with sabotage, because there is like, if, if there is any hesitation of commitment or fear of commitment, as long as you're able to differentiate between the two, Mm -hmm. then I, there's not, this is a non-issue. Yeah. And I completely agree. And I do think there have been points, particularly like in college that maybe I was a little bit self-sabotage-y. Um, but I think I'm able to recognize that better as an adult, but I just, I just really don't have time for the BS, you know? I just, I think I have a really good picker. I think a lot of people don't, and so they'll stay in relationships or convince Mm -hmm. themselves that they should stay in it. And I just... I do not have time for that. You're right. No, that's the way healthier way to do it, man. I've... um I've told you guys before that has been a challenge of mine my entire life is staying in relationships when I knew it wasn't going to work. And I think your way is better, man, saving the time and actually really knowing that your heart and your mind are matched up like this is the right person. But Jackson is about to change his whole thing for you. (laughs) Yeah, me and Jackson and Mikey have started joining the Blue Moon Crew post show on Thursdays. And we get into some pretty deep conversations and Jackson and Mikey think they have a theory to finally get me into a relationship, but I don't know that I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of going on the complete opposite end of the, of the whole spectrum here. Um, so yeah, uh, Abby, Mikey, and I were discussing her boy sobriety and how it was going, mm-hmm. and this was all um, talking about kind of the energy that you put out, like you guys are saying, where if you don't care, then maybe that is the thing that's going to attract the men to you. Um, so we had the idea on the complete opposite side of this of what if Abby actually went out as an experiment and wore a wedding band and that might be the impetus to attract people to come up to her. Of course, this is probably going to not be attracting the type of man that you inevitably want to be with in the long run, but this was for experiment's sake and thinking that maybe that's kind of on the other end of the spectrum how she could attract people. So what would the lesson be if she goes out with this wedding ring on, right, and guys <laughs> all of a sudden are coming up to her left and right and creating conversation, then what can she do with those results? That men aren't worth my time anyway. Yeah, or maybe that Abby just attracts scumbags at the end of the day. Can, can you imagine if this is how I find my person? Like, we're up at the altar, like, I can't believe when I put on that fake cubic zirconia engagement ring. You came into my life at the bar. So what is it proving? I think it would just, I want to see if that different type of energy is the thing that actually ends up attracting people. Because like she said, it didn't work out with her not giving them any type of attention because maybe she was giving out that kind of energy. Maybe if she's completely taken, that's a different type and it ends up, it might end up working. I think it's totally valid. I I mean, if we've learned anything from Ariana Grande, there's something irresistible about someone being in a relationship. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Are you willing to try it? Heck yeah. Okay. Where are we going? Zales after this? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a fake proposal. We'll get a ring one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bird show.
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? If I ever find myself with more time, I end up getting so stuck on what I should be doing versus what I want to be doing that I end up wasting the entire hour. So what if you could use that hour to actually improve yourself and improve your life so that the next time you have a free hour, you actually know what's a priority for you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Whether you need to talk through the guilt of taking time for yourself or learning how to set boundaries with people in your life who take and take, therapy can give you the tools to lead a richer life where you're, well, in control and happier. Therapy isn't just for major trauma. It's for the everyday problems that can be tough to navigate, too. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. There's no shame in finding someone to vent to about the issues going on in your life. Plus, BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. If you listen to The Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. You're on The Burt Show. Kristen just reminded me I don't know how to relax. You really don't, man. And I I mainly <laughs> wanted to remind you that you need those days because you're making me feel bad about not doing anything. <laughs> and I don't need your freaking guilt trip over here. You're not being lazy. You're recharging. Your body needs rest. We have just gone nonstop, five, actually six days straight. And it's, look at me. It's okay to have a day where you don't do anything. Do you, are you guys comfortable with the days where they are not productive at all? Slug-like even. After a Burt's Big Adventure trip? Absolutely. Yeah, you're okay with it yesterday. 100%. I think I'm learning that it's better for your body to take a rest. I've been kind of diving into my health journey and I'm the type of person that like if I have time and I have some energy, I will go to the gym and do just about everything I can to make the most of that day. But I'm learning sometimes that's really counterproductive to your health, that if you overwork yourself, you're not going to see the results that you're hoping for by being quote unquote productive. I had so much guilt just laying around yesterday. I went from the couch to my bed, forced myself to do like two or three errands just so I could say I did something that day because I felt so slug-like. And there's Molly, our program director, who works way more than I do on Burt's Big Adventure. She's sending out emails the day after Burt's Big Adventure. I'm like, if she's doing something, I should be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> your your body needs rest. Like you're, you need to, you plug in your phone every night, right? Yes. Okay. So your battery was on empty yesterday. You need to, to sit on a couch and plug yourself in so you can recharge. Don't There's you no- look at those? I, someday I'm going to be dead. 
Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I should have done something with that day. Like, I'm going to look back at that day and go, I should have done something with it. Okay, then you can go through life perpetually exhausted, just exhausted all the time. Or you can take one day to recharge so you can really take advantage of those other days. I don't even know what I would have done with the day, actually. My favorite thing I heard, because I, I used to feel this way too, was that if you don't rest your body, your body's going to get sick and make you rest. And then you'll be out even longer. So you can take one day now. Com- coming from the yes. woman that has no voice right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't rest. And this is what happened. So it's one day now or a week later, your choice. I hear you. It makes perfect sense. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Our intern, Caroline, shocking info from the gynecologist, but has nothing to do with your parts. No. No, and uh, I cannot believe I'm about to tell you guys this story and talk about my hoo-ha. Um, so I have <laughs> never had any part of anything down there wrong with me at all. And I got my first UTI like a couple months ago. And What do you want to know about UTIs? You got <laughs> queen UTI right oh next God. to you over there, man. I know. So, oh, I, got the, I got one the first day of Birds Big Adventure. It was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, oh, did you tell everybody about your blue pee? Oh, I didn't. <gasps> So, this um, is how close Kristen and I are. Yeah, so <laughs> I normally take AZO, which basically what it does is it numbs everything down there so you don't feel the pain because it literally, when you urinate, it feels like razor blades coming out of your urethra. Like, Ugh. it's very, very Yikes. uncomfortable, and you feel like you constantly have to pee. I love the talks we have on this show. I know, right? <laughs> so I've always taken maximum strength AZO or even the stuff my urgent care doctors have prescribed, and it turns your, your uh, pee this bright, gnarly orange, orange. right? It stains the inside of the toilet bowl. That's how potent it is. So the last time I went. iodine in the toilet. It really is. It's crazy. So the last time I went, they prescribed me something else called Urabel, which is a blue pill. And instead of dyeing your urine orange, it dyes it blue. Oh, my God. And for the record, did not work for me. AZO was better. Like, we paid. Interns didn't even cover it. It was like a $200 prescription that honestly didn't work as well as the -the over-the-counter meds. But I'm taking it, and I'm taking it like candy, trying to numb everything below the belt so I don't feel like this intense pain. And my pee was like this bright turquoise blue. So whenever I used the bathroom, I took a picture of it and sent it to Bert. <laughs> I, was, I was so thankful. It was beautiful. It was, it was like you were in the Caribbean swimming in like the oceans of the Caribbean. It was the prettiest pee I've ever had, for sure. You know that blue like toilet cleaner? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hotels maybe we'll yeah. use. Right? It was that color. Like I mean, it was, it was a potent, potent blue. So as soon as I did, I'm like, I know who's going to appreciate this. So I got the right angle and I took the photo and I sent it to Bert. I said, see, my pee's blue. It was beautiful. It really was. Anyway, back yeah, to you. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. And I always ask the doctor if, like, I'm dying. So I would be Googling immediately, like, what what does blue pee mean? No, no. So that's your so your crazy. default is always like, okay, I'm going to die I, from yeah. whatever it is I have. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's too. my deal. Yeah. 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 This is the same it. thing. Yeah. You got to stay off WebMD. Yeah, I got to stay off WebMD. Yeah, it's not good. Right. So Dr. Death. I, like, leg spread, and I'm, like, telling her, like, I think I have a UTI. And uh, she's like, no, it's um, something else. And I'm like, what else could it be? And so... The results come in and she's like, you actually have an STD and you or your partner is sleeping around. I'm like, oh boy. Okay. Now, oh wait. Now we need some context. When was this test? Uh, A week ago. You're married. Yeah. Oh. oh. (laughs) And um, I am just perplexed. And I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry. You have the wrong couple. I've been sleeping with the same man for six 
six years. And um, she's like, well, this test says that you have BV, which is actually a very, very common thing that happens to women, which I did not know this. And it was very, very alarming to me and uh, opened my brain to science a little bit more. And it actually, it turns out it's from my IUD. So after... But wait, so you do this research on your own, mm-hmm. but at the doctor's appointment, she's telling you... That I your have husband, an STD. Your husband of six years has cheated on you because you have an STD. That is one messy doctor. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. And she's like, well, actually, you need to call your husband now and have him come in for a sample. And I was like, nope. I immediately closed my legs and I like... <laughs> <laughs> walked out and I... Immediately called my original person who put in and delivered my son. Mm-hmm. And I actually go today to go get it out because that's what's causing it. So what drew that conclusion for yeah. you? I mean, here you have a professional saying your husband is screwing around on you. Mm-hmm. And where did you make the connection that there there's no chance it must be the IUD? Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> so I just start... I. I go, I read, I am a person, I look at everything. Like I Google everything and I just started reading and come to find out it has happened to several women that have the Mirena IUD and Mm. they get BV because of the copper that is in it and it's released in from that and so it it comes from that. So the results makes it look like you have that yes. or you really have that? The result, both. You, she has that. I have it. But it wasn't due to her husband sleeping around. It's due to her IUD. Got so it. there's due multiple the ways you can get apparently BV. Yes. But the primary reason is it comes from sleeping around, but in, it it can come from an IUD, sure. from, a, from a woman who has an IUD. And I'm sure your husband confirmed this. Oh. That I did. <laughs> no, no, the doctor was right. I've been screwing around no, right for after, 30 years. I, I walked down the street right after I got my favorite pie, and we actually had it for dessert that night, and we just laughed about it. So, <laughs> Imagine your gyno telling you that, and you going home and accusing your husband of cheating on you because oh your gyno right. said it. Without going online and doing the research yourself, hell yes. You I was freaking 100% out. 100% you say that as a doctor. I was crying and everything. I, was, I thought I was dying, so... You're on The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Drew Barrymore's daughter came for her neck when she tried to get out of a rule her mom set for her outfits. But before we get into that, in honor of Black History Month, this is your Black Entertainment History Fact of the Day. Today I'm talking about Tyra Banks because I had no idea in the 90s she became the first black woman to be featured on the cover of not only GQ magazine, but also the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition and the Victoria's Secret catalog. Love you, Tyra girl. All right, Drew Barrymore's daughter brought up her Playboy issue when she was told she couldn't wear a crop top. So Drew Barrymore posed for Playboy back in 1995. And I guess her daughter knows about it or one of her daughters knows about it. She is two of them. One's aged 11 and one is aged nine. And Drew said that, you know, her daughter wanted to wear a crop top, asked her mom to wear a crop top. And she said no. And her daughter looked at her and goes, well, why not? You were on the cover of Playboy. Like, obviously, you should be okay with showing a little skin. Like, what's wrong with me showing a little skin? Touche. And, uh, exactly. And she, this was all during a conversation with Christina Aguilera. And she defended it. And she said, you know, you were 19 when you did that cover. You were expressing yourself. You were empowering yourself. And Drew was like, yeah, I loved every minute of it. 
So Drew is uh, having a little bit of parenting trouble, but, uh, you know, hmm. what, what are the kids going to do? All right, here's another classic case of the media demonizing women because parents are starting to think that Peppa Pig is a big old bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> That's un-American. <laughs> real. That's un-American. Well, Peppa's British, Peppa, so. Peppa That's Pig. un-British. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very American of us. Yeah, it is to call a British person a bitch. <laughs> so parents are apparently complaining that Peppa Pig is a bad example for kids because she's, quote, rude, yeah. impatient, mm-hmm. <laughs> impatient, and a brat, but she's never taught any better. So Hasbro saying that Peppa isn't a bitch. She's just self-assertive and self-confident. One parent says that she has caught her son saying, "Ew, yuck!" when he has food when he gets food that he doesn't want, and he'll also say, "You're not my friend anymore" when he gets really mad. And he also said that his friend had a quote big tummy, which I guess is a common quote used in the Peppa Pig show. Mm-hmm. To describe somebody who's a little bit rounder. When my son Hayden was growing up, he latched himself on to a series of books and movies. And I absolutely hated the main character in it. Hated it. But he loved it so much that I would allow him to read them and watch it. You guys know the series Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yes. I hate that kid. I hate that kid. So what an obnoxious little narcissistic, selfish little kid. And my son, he thought he was the funniest kid. And I hated going to the movies. And I hated when he was watching, uh, reading the books. I could just picture you being like, there ain't no wimps in this house. No, I would say to him, no, it wasn't even about wimpy. He was just like rude and didn't care about anybody but himself. And I just have, I constantly was stressing to my son, like, that's not a good kid right there. Yeah. And when it comes to Peppa Pig, like, there's nothing wrong with being assertive and confident. Um, There's a way to ask for things that is constructive. And there's there's a way to stand up for yourself that's constructive. And there's also a way to do it that's destructive. So there... There's a way to be confident and be assertive. And I know so many times, especially when it comes to little girls, people try to um, shrink them, right? And try to minimize them. Um, and if if a, if a little girl is loud or as they quote, bossy or sassy, that's a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with a kid taking leadership roles. You know what I mean? Like they're... I think you know the difference. But instead of saying ew and yuck when you're given something you don't like to eat, we try to teach Jimmy, say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to come down on something in order to decline it. Yeah, I guess my thing is, are we forgetting this is a cartoon three-year-old pig? You know what I mean? Like, are we expecting this Um, pig to be the role model for your child? Yes. 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 Well, not not the role role model, but certainly influential. Yes. Yeah, my kids don't watch Peppa Pig for all the reasons... I watched one episode where she mistreated her little brother. And the thing is, like Kristen said, there's never any corrective action taken. It's fine to do those things. In a show like Bluey, they make mistakes Mm. and the mistakes are addressed and it's a happy ending, blah, blah, blah. These kids are like sponges and they will just pick up everything. And so they start emulating it. Mm -hmm. And if there's never a... Uh, a lesson in the story, then they don't learn that it's wrong. And that's why uh, that and there's Caillou is another one that I find problematic that my kid doesn't watch either. Here to me is not only the danger with like toddlers, kids their age, right, is as the kids get older also and they're watching like when Hayden was watching YouTube and he was watching certain influencers that could say anything they want with no repercussions whatsoever, the rudest, darkest things, he thought he could do that in real life. And I had to explain to him, uh uh-uh, that 
works on YouTube. That doesn't work here in the house. Mm, so they're being socialized by all the wrong yeah. people is what you're saying. All right. Well, for more stories, head to the Burt Show podcast on your favorite listening platform. You're on the Burt Show. Chris Rock may have it twisted. He once said that women can't go back financially and men cannot go back sexually. <laughs> so if you get all freaky, freaky, freaky with a dude, that's the new baseline for him. Right? <laughs> In this case, though, it's the girlfriend that isn't satisfied unless they continue to get freaky. Mo's got the email. Hi, Bird Show. I'm hoping the ladies of the show can help me with a slight relationship issue I'm having. I'm starting to doubt my girlfriend's loyalty. We've been together for over two years, and we had a rocky start to our relationship. Within the first six months, I caught her emotionally cheating on me. One day, she left her watch at home, and several romantic messages were coming in from a guy she was working with at the time. I confronted her, and she swore that nothing physically was going on between them. Ultimately, I decided to forgive her and move forward with our relationship. Fast forward to a few weeks ago, we went on a trip with three other couples. My girlfriend was a little tipsy, and she asked if we could both, quote-unquote, play piano with her best friend. This wasn't odd because it's something we've done once before. However, this time her friend is now in a relationship, so I felt uncomfortable. After telling her how I felt, she asked me hypothetically, what would I say if she played piano with her friend and her friend's boyfriend without me? Oh, now we got a problem. I told her that I wouldn't be cool with it. Shocker. And she's never mentioned it again. Can we pause there for just one second? <laughs> Let's just pause there for one second. She shot her shot. <laughs> but the shot can never be taken back. Never. Uh-uh. And that changes everything, I think. Yeah, even, right. even asking me that. Yeah. Yes. Is, that's going to create issues I, that, that we are going to have to deal with. I feel like in life there are certain things you can ask and it's it's totally okay. It's It's okay to ask and it's okay for the person to say no. For instance, on planes, when a stranger says, hey, will you switch seats with my son so I can sit next to him? It's okay for them to ask, and it's okay for you to say no. Yeah. All right? It's not going to change your relationship with that passenger forever, though. Now, in this instance, the ask, well, that's the infraction. That's all in. Like, doing it is one thing. Obviously, but even having, like, asking, hey, can I have sex with two other people, neither one of them being you? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, um, mm-hmm. that's going to leave a mark. Well, I said it doesn't hurt to ask. Clearly didn't consider this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hurt. Does it hurt? What are they going to do? Say no? <laughs> I don't even think you're done with the email. No. Now, I'm worried because this weekend she's going on a trip with a friend that she wanted to hook up with. Since I won't be a part of this trip, I can't help but feel as if she'll cheat on me and do whatever she wants. I don't blame you for thinking that way. So how do I address my concerns without accusing her of something she hasn't done yet? Thanks for your advice, Josh. Oh, Josh, you're screwed, bro. Josh, you're not in a good way. Okay, so my saying is that you always end up Back to your authentic self. You can lie to yourself for so long. You can try to quiet that that voice that's in your head. But at some point or another, month, six months, year, you always come back to your authentic self. If this is what she wants, he's not into it. She's going to be cool for now. 
But at some point or another, it's going to be an issue again because that's what she wants. Yeah. Josh, I, I don't think you trust her. And I think you need to ask yourself point blank why you don't. And I think it's probably because, you know, deep down that you got with this girl who, when you first met her, was probably this really fun, sexually confident, sexually fluid woman. And that was really attractive to you in the beginning. But at the end of the day, you know, months later, you're still dating that that woman. But it affects your relationship differently now that there are feelings there. So I think you're just starting to notice the incompatibility incompatibilities in your relationship where maybe she's the type of person that needs this in her life and that's okay that you're not okay with it but you might have to have a conversation with yourself recognizing that maybe you guys just aren't fit for each other now we have listeners that live in the quote-unquote lifestyle that might be able to help here better than we can one eight five five bird show because as somebody that has never uh that doesn't live this lifestyle for me, this is a real infraction, right? And I don't know that I would ever be able to go back because my first question would be, why? Like, and then I would need to hear the reasoning. But I think, based on what my dad used to tell me when he was screwing around on my mom all the time, is that he could separate the emotional from the physical without a problem whatsoever. To him, it wouldn't have been an infraction because he wasn't emotionally tied into it. If she really cared about Josh, she wouldn't be going on this trip. Like, you have now put out there that you wanted to get intimate and physical with another person, right? And you asked and he said no. And now you're going on a solo trip with her. I feel like that's, I I personally feel that's disrespectful because if I'm putting myself in his shoes, if my husband came to me and said, hey, I want to have a threesome with you, me, and Cassie. And I was like, nah, I'm not down for that. And then he and Cassie are going on a solo trip like a couple weeks later. Absolutely not. Like that's like you're putting yourself in dangerous territory and you're putting yourself um, in amongst temptation and you're, you're potentially jeopardizing the relationship for what? And even though they're friends, you've put that out there. So now, sorry, you can't take solo trips together anymore. Like, if you want to mm-hmm. take a group trip, sure, with me there, okay. But as far as taking a solo trip with somebody you came and asked if you could Ooh. have sex with, yeah. absolutely, no, you can't do that, man. So out of bounds. Yeah, there are red flags and there are deal breakers. And for me, this, this would be a deal breaker because the moment you ask me if you can be intimate with another man, it's not even at that point about you wanting to do that, that's that's cool. That's your life. That's how you want to live. And I'm not mad at you. But now it becomes a thing where I'm going to feel like I have to police the things you do. And I don't want to do that. Amen. Like, I always talk about the couples who don't allow their significant other to take certain trips and go to certain places. And I've never wanted to live like that because I believe you should be able to trust your partner. But telling me something like that is going to take the trust up out of me real fast. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're going to have to move on I from literally there. watched the trust float out of my body. Yeah. And float away. <laughs> done and done. Done and done. Listen, it's the Burt Show. All right, moving on. What are the rules of engagement, Cass, when it comes to godparents, right? How involved should they be? Is it a label thing? Also, some people believe that if you're a godparent, uh, you're sort of the backup plan. Something happens to me in the hubby, you got this, but that doesn't necessarily mean you got to be involved all the time. So where's your confusion? Yeah, so the way I look at godparents is they're sort of like honorary aunts and uncles, right? Like officially brought into the fold. And one of my godparents of my children, though, has been, I guess, not doing something. And it's not problematic, but it's kind of raising some flags for me. And I'm wondering if I should say something. 
And so what it is is every birthday and Christmas from their other godparents, they get, you know, gifts or texts, acknowledgement, phone calls, that sort of thing, like you would do if you're an aunt or an uncle, except for this one godparent doesn't acknowledge any birthday, doesn't acknowledge any Christmas. And I'm not saying that we need gifts. That's not what it's about. But it's just been like silence. You know, how's it going with the kids? How are they? Nothing. Now, to be fair, I haven't reached out either. Like, I haven't been bombarding. But we live very long distance, and um, they're old friends of the family. So it's like a deep connection. And so I don't know if I should say something. I don't know if maybe somehow they missed the memo that they're a godparent, and it didn't really register. Um And so I'm in this weird situation where there's nothing wrong, but because nothing is happening, I feel like something is wrong. Does that make sense? That's convoluted, I know. It does. So for us with our kids, the godparents were also relatives, so they were always in their life. But I can understand the confusion if they're outside of the family. Yeah, and these are outside Uh of the family. So um, I'm a godparent to three different kids, right? And like just this couple, like a... Yeah, maybe a, a month ago, we celebrate the baptismal day. So we actually, like, we go, we get pancakes. It's our thing. We go to the OG pancake house, and we all go get pancakes together. Um, and then there's obviously acknowledgement on Christmas, and there's acknowledgement on birthdays as well. Um, and again, it's not about the gifts. It's just about being um, a presence in that child's life. So as far as my role as godparent, I don't know if I'm in the will. I don't know if I'm getting these kids, if like the parents kick the bucket or anything like that. All I know is that they trust me to be a part of their child's life, to give their child guidance and to give them unconditional love as a godparent would. I'm just uh, asking, um, did they ask both you and Bart or was it just you? Um, my brother was just, Bart and I weren't married. So for my, I am the godmother of my nephew and I am a godmother, just me, of Leslie's son. And then Bart and I are both godparents of Ren. Okay. So um, he got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if you were just part of the package, but now I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been over a year. So I, I'm trying to think of whether or not you say something. Um, it's disheartening. I would be bummed, you know what I mean? But I also feel like it's a two-way street, like, as the godchild, you need to reach out to your godparent and like send like, hey, this is what Hazel's up to or this is what Max is up to, whomever the godparent is, um, and keep them included. But if I would do that first, I would reach out and do like a godchild, like, hey, wanted to say hi, this is what's going on. And if you don't get anything after that, I think it's well within your right to say something or even rescind the godparent title. Dang, you can do that? Yeah, absolutely you can do that. You can pull it? I had it taken away from me and then I got to get it, I got to give it back to me. What? Why did you get taken away? Because her brother married somebody and she wanted he and uh, they were both in the same faith. So she's like, hey, Brian's wife is going to be the godmother now. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine, whatever. But then they got divorced and she came back to me later and she's like, will you be Jacob's godmother again? And I'm like, sure. Uh, I think you should say something because I remember we I had a live once um, for, for my podcast and I remember I was making jokes because I am the godfather to my best friend's daughter. And I had made these jokes about feeling like a deadbeat goddad. <laughs> and it was kind of similar to Kristen's story because he was like, well, you know, he was going to change it up. And I'm competitive. So I was like, nah, nah I'm, if I'm the goddad, like I'm the goddad. And I stepped it up. And then I remember a conversation happening of where half the room 
thought being a godparent just implied that you stepped up if the person were to pass away. Mm-hmm. No. And then the other half of the room, it was implied that, no, that means like you can be a godparent and be in the child's life as the parents are still here. So I think sometimes people really just don't know what comes with being a godparent. So maybe communicating will help. Yeah, I don't have godparents in my life, and it's just not like a, a, a thing that we do, like a ritual or whatever. But if, to me, it's regardless of the title, if you had a strong enough relationship with these people to even bestow that on them, to me, it's weird that they wouldn't acknowledge your kids in any way. So for me, it's not so much about the title, but it is bizarre that these people were obviously clearly very important to you, clearly had a significant enough place in your life that you would want to give them that, that it does seem a little weird that they wouldn't want to acknowledge big things like birthdays. Like, it's an honor to be a godparent. Sure. Like, you honored them with this title, and for them not to, like, acknowledge it, like, and that's your most precious gift in life is your kids. So, of course, you want your godparents to love on your kids. So, you got an absentee godparent, and I would, um, mm-hmm. I would shake it up a little bit. <laughs> for sure. All right, we're going to call them live and rescind the invitation. Yeah, I like what you're thinking. I'm that. kidding. Uh, I'm it's kidding. a version. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.